0: what's up everyone welcome back to the single player experience podcast the premier podcast for single player gamers to find out about good single player games that they should be playing we got a great episode for you today in this episode we're going to be talking about a indie game that you should definitely be playing called gods of the twilight But it's not just me rapping about everything I like about this game. No, I decided to up the ante by inviting a very special guest here to talk about a very special game. We have the insanely good drawer, the artist herself. We have the game developing master, the D&D extraordinaire. My guest is none other than Ashley from Volutin Studios. Ashley, how you doing today?
1: I'm pretty good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing
0: fine. I'm doing fine. So, actually, before we begin, like, I know, uh, like, is this your first podcast?
1: Yeah, actually. I have what? a housemate who runs one, but I haven't. Yeah, myself.
0: You haven't jumped on? No. Uh, okay. Okay. So for the people who may not know you, can you introduce yourself to the audience?
1: Oh, yeah. So, um, I mean, where do you begin uh, telling people who you are? Um, <laughs> So uh, yeah, so originally I um, went to school both for engineering and for theater, and I have sort of brought those things both together with game development. Uh, so um, because we get both the technical side and we get the storytelling aspect there. So that's kind of like a, a high-level summary of of what I do. Um, I've always been uh, writing stories, drawing cartoons, and directing people in, you know, theater or skits. And so um, I am attempting to do all of those things with this project. Um, Yeah.
0: Speaking of this project, you're here to talk about the sensational game Gods of the Twilight, like. A, a lot of a lot of things are going on in this game it mixes a lot of a lot of different things like Norse mythology a lot of things like cyberpunk um a cyberpunk like setting really cool like really cool fusion of a whole bunch of different elements i it's a visual novel game and i think it's coming i know it's coming to pc is it coming to other platforms
1: yeah uh we started on pc it's just the the easiest um the uh the minimum viable product. But I have <laughs> we do have a build on Android um, that okay. you can get on ItchIO. And we we have the demo there. And we're planning to port to other platforms. It's just that the game is still in a state of we're entering early access. It's mm-hmm. not a final release, it's early access until we have all the chapters released. And so we're accumulating feedback through that whole process. And, t- and until that's finalized, um, you know, if we make a lot of ports and a lot of uh localizations then we just have to go back and modify those every single time so (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna you know get things a little bit more locked in before we take it to a lot of other platforms but we do yeah we have it on pc mac and linux and uh yeah we build it for android and hopefully you know we'll see if i can get it on ios as well pretty soon so Um, for the
0: listeners can you tell them uh, what's the what's the marketing picture on the game like can you tell them what is gods of the twilight
1: Yeah, Uh, it's a game where you are discovering or rediscovering magic in a cyberpunk world, and discovering that you are perhaps more than human. So, um, and what that you know plays out to be is is a little bit of a mystery. You don't initially know what or who you might actually be, and you don't initially know what the nature of this magic. Is or what it 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 portends per se, but through the course of the first few chapters, you start to get a a hint at that, and you realize, yeah, there there's there's this apocalypse approaching, and what does that mean? You know, there are different groups that want you to do different things about that. You're not sure if you can trust any of them, and so you're sort of navigating this complex world full of nuance, full of shades of gray, full of you know. Different characters who all have their own agendas and trying to piece together what the truth is and what you're going to do about it, what you're going to trust, who you're going to trust.
0: I like that. I like that. So how long have you how long have you and your team been developing video games?
1: So uh, we, we started on this project in the beginning of 2020, and it was actually not as a result of COVID. As you know, there are a lot of creative projects that came out of that whole period, but we actually started in January before COVID started. Oh, wow. You know, I had left my previous job at the end of 2019 and then we were planning to start and then COVID happened. Um, So it's interesting how that sort of um, lined up. But uh, we have been running sort of interactive games as uh, the the leaders of an online role playing community for a number of years. And so that's things like Dungeons and Dragons, but we use many different systems. Originally, we were doing MMO roleplay as well. So we had a large number of players and we were sort of coordinating all of the collaborative storytelling that was going on in that setting. So this is the first game that we've worked together on. I, I do game development as a service outside of this project. I do Unreal Engine development. Oh, so, that's cool. um, yeah, so this is sort of our premier, um, Project that we're doing for ourselves together.
0: So, like, um, with you doing Unreal Engine development, how long have you been uh, developing games overall?
1: I've been using Unreal since uh, the end of 2014, but it was it was in service to other teams. So, and it was not it didn't have as much of a narrative focus. I was doing Unreal Engine development, you know, uh, for simulation and for other things. So, I really wanted to bring in that right brain aspect that I had um from my other degree, my theater degree, so that I am also doing the storytelling and not just the technical side. Yeah.
0: That's really cool. So with um with, is this developed in Unreal as well Are you did you create a uh, custom engine for this this project?
1: Oh no, a, a custom engine would be way overkill, I think. <laughs> um especially for something. Yeah, I mean for something as lightweight as, as Choose Your Own Adventure. Mm-hmm. Um the the backgrounds were rendered in Unreal Engine, and you know, with some film, you know a bit of a bit of painting over and a bit of filter to make it match the uh, the cartoon style that we have for the character art. But the game itself is not running in Unreal, the, because again, that would be overkill. It's, yeah. it's using Renpy, yeah, oh, as, okay. as many as many visual novels do. We'll see about. Porting, we we used to be thinking of porting to Unity so that we could take it to console. Yeah. But now that may not be the way that we go about. We may go to Unreal to go to console. Who who knows?
0: So what was a what was the adjustment like um, working primarily on Unreal and then switching like uh, working with a completely different engine for this project?
1: I think RenPy is pretty straightforward. Okay. Uh, it's it's mainly Python based, and it, we, we did do a good amount of customization with the menus in the game, but that was probably the most complicated thing. Um, the rest of it, just setting up the basics of the art and the interface and the character sprites and everything like that, it, it's relatively straightforward
0: so um so for a person who's developing a game for the first time like a listener who's thinking about starting a project whether it be a visual novel or like a project in unreal like what what advice would you want to give to them
1: oh i i mean you, you could just get started i mean for personal use unreal and unity and RenPy are all just free so you can find a tutorial online where you can make a basic mini project. Maybe try each of them, see what works for you. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, there are a lot of great courses out there. I mean, I have one that I recommend on, on Udemy, but, um, you know, it, there are a ton out there, so you'll definitely be able to find something. Just try it. It's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's great because it's so accessible. You know, so long as you have the space on your hard drive to install the engine, basically anyone can take this and start creating stuff.
0: Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. So let's talk about gods of the twilight this is a really cool project um i happen to experience a little bit of this on the steam deck running really well by the way and kudos to y'all for that because i i absolutely love it on the steam deck but like i like how did all this come to be like i know you have a background in theater with um but you know you're primarily a game game developer like what was like, the origins of like hey this is the light bulb moment we're making this type of game how did all this come to be
1: yeah. So it was originally in 2018 that my my co-developer Landro and I were talking about writing a novel together. We eventually went in the direction of we need to make this interactive because as people who run uh, tabletop games, we just love the interaction with the players and we love the branching storylines and exploring all the different possibilities. And there's a whole lot of the the whole experience of facing choices where there's no clear right answer and you need to reflect on it and then afterwards reflect on the consequences and maybe try something different you don't get that from a normal linear novel so that's when we sort of started realize that we wanted to make it a game um and originally it was it was you know a, a fantasy setting a a norse inspired medieval fantasy setting but we uh We started working through that story and we realized that that entire plot was the prequel for something even greater that would come later. So what we have now is this game that's set in the future where many of the characters have past lives that were in this medieval uh, scenario that, you know, are coming back to sort of uh, deal with some unfinished business. They don't initially remember what it was, but you're sort of discovering that as you go.
0: So. Speaking of like, speaking of discovery and, and mixing things in with the D and D element, I love, I love how you've taken so many different elements of like choose your own adventures and you can kind of discover the outcomes based on your choices there. Like, what what sort of games did you play that kind of like, that kind of have that similar vibe of like um like the choose your own adventure visual novel type of games that kind of gave you inspiration for this or this one? Did did you play any um Telltale games? are needed to do research on on this type of game
1: i have played telltale games but the things that really inspired me were the original uh golden age of bioware games like dragon age and mass effect and knights of the old republic um so those were the ones where it was really you get to decide the Mm -hmm. fate of your character and their relationships with all of their companions and that was my first experience with that type of game, even though it wasn't a visual novel. I think I have more experience with that type of game than I do with visual novels. Although I've, you know, explored. Um, we're also inspired by OG visual novels like Fake Stay Night and Steinsgate, which are oh, much yeah. more than dating sims. They are like a whole, you know, experience, a whole involved uh, plot. So uh, it's it's the same for us. I mean, we're about as much of a dating sim as Baldur's Gate Gate Three is. So, uh, yeah, um, which is similar to the golden age of Bioware games, and it's 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 the same uh sort of thing that we want to provide this adventure and then all of these different people who you can decide how you want to relate to them.
0: Okay, so I I know this is a Baldur's Gate three, and I'm not, I know there isn't a character that's having you know like a relationship with a bear in this game, right?
1: Uh you can have like. I mean, you're having a relationship with all kinds of different mythological beings, like I think <laughs> we can do more than a bear.
0: <laughs> yeah, just more than the bear, okay. I like that, I like that. I Did you? you
1: know, you, you can, you can, I, I don't know how many spoilers I want to give about which mythological <laughs> beings you can be with, but you know, they're, they're, they're not human.
0: <laughs> oh, that's fun, that's fun. <laughs> it, it,
1: it, they don't necessarily remember who they are, you meet them, you meet many of them when they are human. Uh, incarnated in their new human lives and so they they initially just think that they're human the same as you do and they sort of discover that along with you so you you get to know them first and then you realize who they are
0: so let me ask you like we um, so this game has a lot of Norse mythology have you always been into that, that lane of mythology is that like have you been more of a Norse person always or more of a Greek person
1: oh I don't know I mean I've studied so many different traditions because I take an interest in You know, all forms of, I don't know, storytelling, I guess? Mm -hmm. Um, But I had read or listened to recently Neil Gaiman's Norse Mythology book, which was just the most relatable and accessible retelling of these myths. And it was just, these gods are just, you know, the best gods. They get into so many shenanigans, they like, you know, you really, you can relate to them. They're such a, a colorful and lovable cast of characters. And it gets dark as well. And then yeah. so you're seeing these familiar and relatable faces going through this dark stuff just as the same time you saw them go through all these ridiculous, you know, uh, escapades with each other. So it, it it's, you know, it's something that you get excited about telling, you know, new stories about them and, and thinking about how they would respond to different situations. Um, I wouldn't say that... I mean, Norse mythology is sort of in my heritage. You know, my ancestors are, you know, uh, West and North Germanic, and they would have believed in the Norse pantheon. But um, that doesn't make that any more sort of like my mythology that I want to study. We're also inspired by, you know, Egyptian mythology. And, you know, this is a world in this game where all of these things are true simultaneously. And so although- Ragnarok is the event, the main event of the game, and so then we have a little bit of a Norse focus because of that. It doesn't mean that we won't also encounter uh, things from other traditions. Or, as it comes up in the demo, um, many different pantheons are the same gods, and they are, you know, different names that different groups of people had for the same characters. Um, the different, the same stories that were told uh, throughout. There's a whole, like, tree a whole branching tree through uh uh, proto-indo-european um cultures both in terms of language and in terms of mythology and you can see a connection throughout all of their pantheons of like there are like like a dozen or so gods that basically all look like thor but different (laughs) versions so um we get to see we get to see a little bit of that too
0: so it's it's really cool you're combining like for gamers in general, it's, like, been a wave of, like, cyberpunk, either because of, like, Cyberpunk 2077 and other, like, and other, like, cyberpunk edge runner as well. It's, like, it feels like it's hidden a forefront in, and in, in like, in gamers' minds at this point. And then, like, with God of War, with the, the Norse movement that God of War and um, Assassin's Creed has kind of, like, helped shepherd into gaming, it seems like you're hitting both genres at the ideal point right now you know
1: yeah i mean hopefully hopefully that works out (laughs) you know it's not like we chose that for marketing reasons we just got excited about these things yeah um yeah
0: yeah. so so, on the cyberpunk side of the fence and with the the character models because a lot of these have like these almost like anime anime type of um character models here like well tell us a little bit about the characters in the game and and how how it came about designing these characters
1: Yeah, so the original designs of the characters were much less interesting than what we have now. Uh, my own- my own art was perhaps more simplistic than what Raydash is drawing for us at this point, and he had some creative input into the character design to add some more interesting details, like to the way that, you know, Farkas's jacket now is not just a plain black jacket, but it has all these sort of ribs and this, you know, patch with, like, our logo on it, because that logo ties into his family and his past in ways that you're going to discover. Um, I mean you know althea has you know her own like that's probably you know one of the more interesting designs that i came up with Mm -hmm. because i I know perhaps like uh designing fashion is not my expertise which is why it's helpful to have other people on the project who can provide you know some some insights and some um some information but or some some ideas but um yeah we wanted it to feel grounded in the present day but also just a little bit different. We are a couple steps into the future. Not so far that it's not relatable anymore, but enough that we're sort of thinking like, okay, the way that we are now, like this is a way that we could be going like in the next oh, yeah. you know, couple steps. Um, so that's why it's interesting because it's like we're thinking about what's next. We're not just thinking about something that's way far away.
0: I love that. So, When you are when you are like on the cusp of creating all this and like what was going through your mind as like you hit like each each individual step in the 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 development process. So like, for instance, like you when you first came up with the concept, like I know, like did this game at the very beginning of what y'all thought it would be at the the early access point that you are now, like how many changes did it go through in that that kind of like process?
1: so many like I can't even count how many times I uploaded the game to Steam again uh, for the demo it's the the early stages of it it just did not even look like the same game the the UI was different the character design was different uh the writing you know everything improved with feedback and with getting more people involved in the project who are more specialists in each of these things. We brought in someone, uh, IL, who's, who's designed a lot of really beautiful GUIs for visual novels to do ours. Uh, she's the creator of Imperial Grace, if you want to check out her game, where she also designed the GUI. Um, we have, you know, Raydash, who's doing the character design. He's done all kinds of art. He's done commissions for Marvel and, and Magic the Gathering, and, and, you know, we're really grateful to have him. Um, and you know, and we also have the voice actors, which were not there in the early editions. And, and I've been grateful to have, you know, at least a, a, a core of people who have provided feedback in great depth. And that has helped us to really refine the writing and the story and the world building and everything as well. So that all of that was not there in the early versions or even a year ago. If you looked at the game a year ago, it might not even look like the same game
0: that's amazing it's really cool how like the glow up of this game kept uh, like kept evolving over time with like people's different inputs and like with different processes and everything like that how this game is transformed into what it is now
1: and it doesn't end because we're just you know starting season one and we actually have three seasons planned what like yeah um outlined anyway so uh yeah, so I mean, as we go through that whole process, the idea is that we'll just gradually keep finding more people, refining our concept, refining how we're communicating everything in the game, how we're presenting, you know, the story and the characters and, you know, um, and it'll just continue to get better and better. I would like to, you know, someday see this as like an interactive anime on Netflix that you can play I in love that way. That. So, like, fully animated, so maybe someday we'll get there.
0: Oh, I would love that this was this this I was thinking about this like this would make a really cool anime like the, yeah, the whole but, premise of everything like that this would make but it we really want to it to be
1: interactive you yeah. know even if it becomes an anime we still want you to be able to make choices so. I love
0: that I love that because it does have it does have some anime flair to it and it kind of reminds me of like a little bit of like the fate stay series as well yeah. like yeah I love which I also love that
1: which also combines mythology with you know the modern day and you yeah that's see, why yeah
0: yeah. yeah, I love that. Um, so with this game, like with this being this first season and it being episodic and like chapter based, like how long can most people expect the the runtime for the first season to be?
1: Oh, uh, so the first season um, is going to be longer than this, but uh, the, the chapters that are going to be out in November will go mm-hmm. about 10 hours for a oh. single playthrough. Um, and that is the first five chapters of season one. We expect season one to be about 20 chapters in the end. So, um, it will be longer than that, but, you know, one step at a time. Uh, you know, (laughs) we-we want it to be, you know, easy to just try it out and, like, try the demo and, like, you know, see if you're interested. Uh, we don't want it to feel, like, overwhelming, like, oh, you have to, like, get through this whole thing, like, no, just-just jump in and, you know, you'll see.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure, for sure. I love that. So... With uh, with this being about like an eight to ten hour experience, depending on like how you play, uh, like how you play it, like there's a lot of replayability there too, because like you're choosing your own adventure, yeah, as well.
1: Yeah, and there are a lot of there are a lot of there's like whole scenes that only happen like multiple choices deep, and so that's so cool. Yeah, and and they're mutually exclusive sometimes too, so you can only like you'd have to go back to to get the other one. Um, so that's why, that's part of the reason that we have our achievements, with little hints to, like, say, like, you should go and and try this thing if you didn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, when we get the full season as well, like, every season there will be multiple options that result in the the world going ahead and ending that season. And then, you know, you can also carry on with a variety of different combinations of variables, but uh, carry on to the next season. So, uh, Yeah. It, it's like a whole. We encourage people to explore the bad endings, like bad endings, because <laughs> there's a lot of interesting stuff that happens there too. There are some relationships that you can only get by exploring a bad ending. So, yeah.
0: So this game is currently available. Um, well, will be available on Steam and itch, right?
1: That's where it is right now, and we'll mm-hmm. probably put it other places too, like the Epic Store and, and GOG. But uh, that's where it is right now. Yeah, we, we like to collect wish lists just because of the Steam algorithm. So we're focusing on that first.
0: So, what is um, have you done like beta testing or anything for it yet?
1: Oh yeah, I mean we've been collecting testers since since day <laughs> one almost. Like in twenty twenty, we had an initial round of testers testers go through. But now now that we are you know putting in the last of the voice lines for the new chapters, now that's what we're testing. Um, oh, that's exciting. So yeah, we have more people going through for that.
0: So, what has it been like um, to go working on so many other projects, to working on your own projects, to now getting feedback for your own project? What's that process been like for you?
1: Uh, well, it's great to get other people involved. It's mm-hmm. always it's scary, like being like an introvert by nature and always being afraid of, of people judging you and like maybe like this is only cool in my own head. And what if it <laughs> no one else really relates to it? There's always that fear, but. I, I've at least at this point found enough people who are relating to it and, 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 and responding to it that I can kind of say, well, I mean, regardless of how a new person responds, I at least have some people who confirm that I'm not completely, you know, off base here. There is, you know, something and, and not everybody is going to resonate with every single thing that anyone makes, but there's enough that you start to build confidence and be like, no, there is something here. And you know we can keep going with it. We keep keep making it better, but yeah. Um, so that's yeah, it's a journey of going from self doubt into realizing that there actually is some inherent value that you can offer the world. Perhaps.
0: I like that. So with um, with a game like this, the the visual novel style, like and usually it relies so heavily on its narratives. Like how how like how hard does the narrative hit into like um, different themes, such as, like, you know, different relatable themes or different, like, overarching themes.
1: Yeah, I mean, we have a whole list of them. Um, the- the core one, of course, is learning who you are, which Mm -hmm. is, like, that whole, you know, rediscovering, like, who you might be as some sort of, like, a reincarnated being. But it's ultimately, like, you know, do you remember who you are? A lot of people may not know themselves very well. They may not realize, you know, the level of power that they have as an individual- and that's kind of a perhaps it's an abstract one but it plays out in different concrete ways so in the cyberpunk future people relate to each other a lot more online and they have a lot more of their relationship life online for example and so many of our characters they are relatively young the youngest ones are around you know 18 and 19. they're having their first in-person relationships of their lives at this point And I think a lot of people can relate to that because especially with COVID and, you know, just the way that technology is right now, people might not, you know, engage with each other in person as much anymore. And it's going to be even more like that, perhaps in this future that we're creating. So in the game. And so, yeah, so the characters are going through that and maybe they have some online experience where they're like, oh, yeah, like I dated all kinds of people online, but then it's like, oh, face to face with someone that's different. Um, So that's one thing. (laughs) um yeah and also Uh, yeah go ahead
0: no no i I was just gonna follow up and say like it is that is different um i want to ask you before i forget it's like you started this project in january of 2020 so right before you know the world ended in in COVID. you Mm. know really really just hyped up like what what was it like switching uh how did this impact the project what was it like switching from like you know this being the focus and and then like finding out like oh everything shut down like did that impact the game at all did that you know have an effect
1: i was already working from home i just continued doing what i was doing
0: (laughs) Like, so it was like business as usual basically
1: yeah and it became you know more and more custom more and more commonplace for people to work online and remotely Mm -hmm. and so all the freelancers that we are working with i mean they were already doing business online but it's just it just seems you know so normal now to do things the way that we do things with everyone that we work with being all you know in different countries around the world and in different time zones just sort of collaborating and, and sharing assets so yeah we just kind of continued
0: <laughs> yeah business as usual basically so yeah. i i do want to ask you like what is your favorite who's your favorite character in this game and like without you know super heavy spoilers like why are they your favorite character
1: Oh, man. Well, um, well, first of all, all of the characters in the game are I find all of our characters attractive on some level. (laughs) Like this is like it may be a sort of self-selecting thing, but Mm -hmm. it's like, you know, uh, there is not a character in this game who I don't in some way like, uh, uh, you know, that I wouldn't want to try like you know having you know yeah at least getting to know them more deeply um I guess
0: it's like Persona or Mass Effect you know you always want to try like get to know all these characters
1: yeah but I I, I have to admit you know um that um you know our, our mascot Hector stands out to me and and he's He's hopefully- he's one of the most relatable characters. He's very outgoing, he's very friendly, and so it's very easy to sort of approach him. But it's also- it's- it's inspirational to me to imagine Mm -hmm. someone who simply, like, by their nature has no shame. And is just oh, able to cool. exist without the inhibitions of of self doubt or shame. And he has a lot of weird stuff going on with his relationship with his father, and like feeling like you know, I guess he he has no interest in me. You know, he's not spending time with me, but he doesn't take that personally. Like he, um, or at least he 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 perceives himself to, you know, not that that there is anything particularly wrong with him. Like, all of his preferences, all of the things that he's excited about, he's not ashamed about them, and he's just able to just radiate that, regardless of how weird it might be sometimes, or how, you know, like, or how weird, like, his interests might be sometimes, or how, like, obnoxious it might be, like, you know, and Farkas is rolling his eyes and, like, groaning (laughs) a little bit and just like, okay, well, you know, um, so, that's so cool yeah yeah so I, I i do attempt to be more like that sometimes uh so that i'm not as self-critical so that i'm not you know um holding myself back in my expression especially when i'm attempting to be an artist and express myself as what i do
0: so speaking of what you is speaking of what you do being an artist is like I love the art style of this game. Absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite. It's like one of the most striking things you see as soon as you look at the trailer of it, as soon as you look at the, the, the art, as soon as you look at the Steam page, it's like, bam. I love, especially considering I'm a manga and anime guy. Like, it just, it strikes to me. It sings to me. Like, man, I got to give y'all kudos for creating this, this type of art style and, and rocking this. Cause like, y'all made the art style and really committed committed to it. Like the neon as well, like the neon accents for like the like the text based and all that kind of stuff. I'm like, all this seems like it had like a core image in mind and y'all just completely rocked with it. So I want to give y'all kudos for that. But I also want to ask is like, yeah, how long did it take y'all to come up with all this? Like the art assets and all that kind of stuff. How long has this been in development?
1: Oh, well, I mean, um <laughs> so it was. Let's see. Um I, I try to think back exactly when it was when we started working with Raydash, who is the person who does our character art now. Um, was it was it two years or one year? Like, let me see. I think that it was a little bit over. A, it was maybe like a year and a half. Okay. Um, and you know, initially it was it was it was drawn by me, but he has a very distinct style, and it's not just you know anime like generic anime. It's like a very nah. specific you know a uh, brand kind of a thing um and around that time is also when we got our, our gui revamped and originally i think it was much more plain it just had sort of a celtic knot sort of pattern but we wanted to bring in the more of the cyberpunk element so you can see that there are some sort of like uh, celtic knots and you know norse uh, aesthetic does have a lot of overlap with that as well but they're in this sort of neon glow and they and they sort of mirror the heads up display that the characters have in terms of the 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 glow that that has so it fits in with the technology and it also fits in with the the uh the Norse aesthetic so you can see kind of the honeycomb which is a typical uh visual cue for future stuff mm-hmm. alongside you know these sort of knot patterns
0: so uh, like to follow up with that like <laughs> like, this game is very text-based and text-heavy, like, uh, what is it like writing on a project like this?
1: Um, what's it like, right? I mean, I'm used to writing a whole deal, like, writing is, (laughs) writing is kind of what I do. The, the, the challenge, though, is to, to make sure that we keep people engaged, because people, not everyone likes to read a lot, and, and visual novel fans are, are more flexible, but we want to reach a, an audience that, I mean, storytelling is very universal. Yeah, And for sure. we, we don't need to be as limited to people who are willing to read, you know, full uh, regular novels. You know, not even an audiobook, but like literally text on a page. Uh, and so, you know, there is a little bit, we want to make sure that there's enough dialogue, there's enough sound, there's enough animation to really sort of draw people in and sort of um, uh, keep people engaged so uh that is part of it that is part of it we don't want to i mean a good um bit of advice for writing in general is to show not tell anyway so you got to catch yourself if you're going too much into the telling you know of 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 narrating and just you know describing a bunch of stuff that people can't see or hear and instead like let it actually be played out between the characters because that's much more it's easier to emotionally invest in that anyway
0: Oh man, that's really that's a really good tidbit there. I um want to ask you uh, based on a question based on what you said earlier about the golden age of Bioware. What is yes. your favorite Bioware game of all time?
1: Oh man, um, well I mentioned the three. Uh, I I don't know among those, uh, Dragon Age, um, Mass okay. Effect, and, and and Knights of the Old Republic. I. Nice of the Old Republic certainly led into some interesting stuff because it led into uh, Star Wars The Old Republic, the MMO, Mm -hmm. which is where I met Leandro, and so it, it sort of led into this game in an interesting way. So, that one does sort of have a special place in my heart, and Knights of the Early Public also has an interesting reveal about who your character is. There is sort mm-hmm. of a bit of self-discovery there, and sort of like, you know, I, I've forgotten my past life, but now I remember it, and now I integrate that into who I am, and I sort of recognize that I sort of was this all along. And there's sort of that those interesting layers there, too. Um, but it plays out in a personal way. It's, it's, you know, you see how it affects the characters who are closest to you, and, you know so that's that's what resonates with that that's what um that's where the emotional engagement comes from
0: i love that i love that i you know like bioware especially that golden age you were talking about it's like some of my favorite games of all time i love being some mass effect 2 um man like i was dragon age inquisition is probably like the game i probably put the most hours into as far mm-hmm. as a bioware game i think i put like 100 hours to that bad boy but like love those games love the dialogue and to see like the to see that kind of like that storytelling and craftsmanship that you, that you value in that game being in in your game is it's got to be got to have more, more like people who, who are listening right now like super excited
1: yeah yeah it's it's only recently that i had also discovered you know the previous games that larian had been working on before Baldur's gate 3 with uh divinity, divinity? original Sin. Yeah. yeah yeah with the with a similar level of quality and depth I think that the original, the older Bioware games, though, they had more of a personal relationship with your companion characters, though. Mm -hmm. And that was what really stood out to me. So that's kind of something that we want to highlight as well.
0: That is really cool. So have you been playing Baldur's Gate this year?
1: Oh, yeah. Um, I have not (laughs) finished it because I'm trying to do all this other stuff at the same time. Uh, but, yes. I'm. I'm aware of of most of it at this point.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I have um, like I. I think I put like sixty or so hours into it, but I'm trying not to be spoiled on the ending because I haven't gotten to the end yet. But like, I'm still in Act Two, and i like I put sixty hours into a game, and I'm still in Act yeah. Two. How crazy yeah. is that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there. um and it's 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 a miracle when a game is able to provide that much content without it feeling repetitive oh yeah and with the, you know the quest feeling organic and personal and like you're sort of discovering things instead of just you know grinding
0: oh, yeah the, that is a masterpiece like I, i'm loving boulderscape 3 right now but i got to ask you one major question and that question is are you ready because it is time for our pro nerd trivia portion of the show where i asked our steam guest, five cat five questions based on five different random categories actually this this category can be anything it's all randomized you could get star wars you can get lord of the rings you can get harry potter all sorts of different things but the question i want to ask before we get started is are you ready
1: Oh sure, why not? I hate yeah. tests. Uh, <laughs> oh no! Oh no! I I hate. Despite the fact that I historically did well in school, I always mm-hmm. hated tests because it feels like oh no, my entire identity as a smart person is going to be invalidated. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Yeah, and also, and also, like you know, some people use this sort of thing to gatekeep nerddom, and and I do hesitate a little bit on that. Like, it's like you know, it, it's fun to talk about these things, though. Yeah. So if we can come at it from that angle, you know.
0: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure, for sure. We're just going to, you know, like I, not everyone's into everything either. So I'm like, yeah, it's very interesting to see what what your strengths and how nerdy you are in, in different things versus other things, you know
1: yeah well i gotta say it's probably star wars because i lived in star wars for six years running that guild yeah (laughs) yeah i like yeah
0: that's gonna be fun all right so here we go our first question is in the realm of the mcu of the marvel cinematic universe the marvel cinematic universe all right so in the marvel cinematic universe in thor ragnarok who does thor fight in the arena while stuck on sakaar
1: Oh, that would be Hulk. Right? That would
0: be Hulk. You are one of one, one of one. Uh, yeah. So, love Thor. I like really enjoyed Thor Ragnarok. How do you feel about the movie? It's good. we got
1: the shaft. I like. Yeah. Henry. I think he can be more of a character.
0: And also, oh, like,
1: yeah. he's he's your brother, Hell. and mm-hmm. he's your son, Loki. Can we see a little bit of that?
0: I would have. I would have liked <laughs> to see that more. I like. I feel like they just kind of made him into a guard dog. Yeah. Why would- why did they do that?
1: He's a whole character, he can speak you know but you know it's fi- it was fun like you know mm-hmm. like most Marvel movies are um, but you know there are some things that I wanted to explore more but that's why we're making our own game
0: yeah yeah I get it and it's also like I, I'm right there with you because I'm like I wish I would, we would have got to see more of like um, like Valkyrie and, and different things like that and her lore and such like that I thought that would have been interesting exploring some of yeah. that the like his his friends the, the Warriors 3 I would have loved to see maybe more of them a little bit but you know it it is fun but yeah you're you're right it's not necessarily norse accurate yeah like what
1: what is going on with him and and sif in this it's like they are married in the mythology but they're not so that he can have a different relationship ignoring the fact that norse gods are often very poly
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) they really are they really are our next category is the wizarding world of harry potter the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Are you strong? And you feeling strong in this category?
1: Oh, kind of as a bystander. I mean, okay. I, 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 I'm, i just sort of aware of it secondhand. You know, I'm not one of the people who, who went super deep. Okay,
0: gotcha, gotcha. We will see. Um, in Harry Potter, Harry plays a, Harry plays a sport at Hogwarts. What is the name of that sport?
1: Quidditch. I mean... Okay.
0: All right. She's two of two. She is two of two. Here we go. Our third category is in the realm of Star Trek. Of Star Trek. Or oh, I think this is our hardest category personally because I don't know a lick about Star Trek. How do you feel about this?
1: Well, Star Trek was what I was into before Star Wars. Back in oh. like middle school, I was super into Star Trek Voyager. For some reason, despite it's clearly not the most best the best written <laughs> series. Um, but you know i was really into it at the time you know i aspired i was like oh man i wanted to be a person on that ship and you know do all that stuff so um i feel a little bit differently now i'm a little bit more independently minded than someone who would actually want to be part of a a starfleet vessel but um yeah it's, it's something i've historically been into at least to some degree
0: okay okay all right so maybe you might know this one all right historically originally titled where no man has on before, who wrote the theme from Star Trek?
1: Oh, um, I feel like, no, I, I don't actually know that one off the top of my head. Um, I, there's a, on the tip of my tongue, there's the name of a composer who has done a lot of other epic themes that people love, and I'm not, I don't think that it's the same one um hmm. it's uh,
0: uh i think this this composer has done uh quite a few themes it looks like um yeah uh, john williams
1: is the name that's co- that i was trying to think of but oh, i i don't know yeah. if that's correct um
0: yeah john williams john williams did a lot of a re- lot of really good scores um yeah most known for raiders of the lost ark um uh, the indiana jones shinders shinders list um that one, Star Wars, as well. So, yeah, he's he's in the Hall of Fame for that. Those, especially.
1: Yeah, that? but I don't think a you know a theremin is really his style. I you know that woo like yeah woo, like <laughs> sound that's in the back of the theme like mm. uh, that doesn't really strike me as a John Williams thing. I don't know.
0: Is that your final answer?
1: Uh it's the closest I can get without looking it up.
0: It is Alexander Courage.
1: Okay, Alexander that is Courage.
0: No. That's a really cool name though, Alexander Courage. Mm-hmm. Um, Alright, here we go with our fourth question. Our fourth question is in the realm of Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth itself. Alright, here we go. In Lord of the Rings, which mem- which Alright, let me start over because yeah, it's sort of like refreshed on me all right so in lord of the rings who is the only lord of the rings cast member to have met jrr tolkien
1: oh my that's one that i hadn't heard that any of them had been able to do that
0: yeah actually met jrr tolkien
1: yeah I mean, I can I can just kind of like use like logic and say, like, it's probably either, you know, uh, uh, Gandalf or Saruman because they're older. <laughs> but like, it's, it, I don't know if that's true. Like, I, when, when did when did Tolkien like die? Um,
0: um that is a very good question.
1: Okay, so he died in
0: 1973.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that that's what, yeah, that's within been the lifespan of, of some of the older actors. Um, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah so, which Yeah, character?
1: so, Ian McKellen, yeah. I'm gonna guess, I don't know.
0: That's a very good question, uh, that's a very good guess. It was 50-50, Christopher Lee was the okay. one. Yeah, when you said Gandalf or Saruman, I was like, okay, yeah. that's a 50-50 shot at that point. Yeah. It's a very 50-50 shot, but our final question, our final question is in the realm of Disney. Disney. Specifically, Disney animation. So, here we go. In. What are the names of Hades minions in Disney's version, animated version of Hercules. What are the names of Hades minions in the animated movie Hercules?
1: Oh, yes. You're talking about those two little sort of imp-like dudes, the the rounder one and the skinnier one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I don't recall their names. Um, Did you ever
0: watch this Hercules? I did. I did.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was was way back in the day, though. And since they didn't also appear in Percy Jackson, I don't remember where they are.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For sure. For sure. Pain and Panic. Oh,
1: yes. That makes sense.
0: Pain and Panic.
1: I don't think that's an is that an actual thing in the mythology. I don't. I
0: don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I think he's just always associated with Cerberus, right?
1: Well, he's associated with many different things. You know, he has relationships with Persephone, Thanatos. Oh, that's true. That's Um, true. Yeah.
0: I was just thinking, like minions, wise though, right? Like. Well. The Minotaur, I guess, right?
1: know that he really has minions per se i mean people just sort of end up there you know oh
0: yeah that's like true. like
1: just by like almost a gravitational force they just kind of and he's also got um oh i forget a name but but the, but the skeletal boatsman who you oh, know, carries yeah. you across the sticks when you have to remember to bring a coin to pay him and like he, i guess you could call you know them minions but it's not like he has is it Charon army?
0: is the boatsman? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. It's it, it i remember like there's Chiron who is like the the uh the instructor.
0: Mm-hmm. Um
1: and then there's a very similar name. like Chiron. Uh, it's like is, Chiron
0: yeah. is like CH and then there's like yeah. I think it's Charon with like yeah. C uh, like K uh, like there's C H and there's K, right? Yeah. 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 And I, I like part of me remembers that because he's also the boatman um that you meet in Hades, like the video game. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um it's it's interesting because one of our voice actors actually plays that character in Smite for what? a version of him. What? Yes, that's so cool. Yes, yes. Uh, so so, uh, um, Ellis Knight, who plays Hector, also plays the the skeletal boatsman character in Smite. That is um, so cool. At least uh, like a certain skin of him uses his voice. Mm-hmm. He's very good at creature voices.
0: So what was it like finding all these cool voice actors to do your game?
1: I mean, that was one of the best parts. Like. Being able to interact with actors is, is one of my favorite things to do. Like, when I was doing theater, it's just, everything starts coming to life when you have their creative spark and you get into the head of the character together and you discover things together that you wouldn't have discovered by yourself because they come at it with a different perspective. They have like a whole, they have their whole spirit that they bring to it. And it's just like, oh yeah, you know, that could be going on with the character. And that like, you know, it sort of inspires you, especially when it's an ongoing story. You can go ahead and explore that more as you go. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I was really grateful to find the people that we did. We were able to remarkably represent a very diverse set of, ca- of characters. We we actually found like, you know, Icelandic and Finnish actors to play some of these parts. And that was like, you know, I uh, those are not large countries. So no. <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's not the most common uh, voice actor to find on Twitter. So, um, yeah,
0: that is so cool. So like. Did you has that process work? And you know, like behind closed doors, like do you just like just hit up a Twitter a uh, Twitter thread and be like, hey, like we need some voice actors for a game, or do yeah, you just a post lot of
1: it? a lot of independent voice actors are on Twitter. There are websites, you mm-hmm. know, uh, with where you can post casting calls. But yeah, I mean, most of what we did was was literally just on Twitter. That's kind of where the community is, and uh, they may also move to other platforms. But it seems to be. In my experience kind of centrally located there and and when you post for voice actors a lot of people will respond a lot of them are really actively actively looking for work Um, because I mean that's the nature of voice work is that you're always looking for a next gig yeah so um, yeah we, we we discovered a lot of a lot of great people on there and and way more great people than we were able to cast
0: okay so I have three final questions for you uh, my first one is what video game would you recommend to others besides your own gods of the twilight is the like, is there another, another game you want to shout out another game you think people should check out? Um, another indie game, perhaps you think pe- maybe people should t- have a look at.
1: Yeah. Well, I already mentioned Imperial grace, which is mm-hmm. uh, created by uh, uh, the person who designed our GUI. And there's also um, the Hayseed night, which is another sort of choose your own adventure style, uh, visual novel which so like if, if you're not looking for purely a dating sim, a game that has romance but has like a much larger and richer and nuanced plot then you know I would recommend that one and that one has a ton of love that's been going into it over a number of years. And, and uh, Maxi who created it is, is an excellent uh, visual artist, animator, and voice director who has helped us uh, as a casting director as well
0: oh that's amazing so my, my my next question is you mentioned twitter just a second ago where can the good people find you and uh. you know the game
1: we are, we are also on, on Twitter, and we we do have an Instagram account and, you know, Blue Sky and, and everything like that. We post most frequently on Twitter just because um, that's where we have historically been connecting with people. I would really love to have more people in our Discord. We just recently created a Discord, and part of the whole point of this game is to talk to people about yeah. uh, all the interesting topics that we're exploring through this game. So we would love to have people join and, and chat with us. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I should give you the link to that, but you can find, um,
0: so everyone, the link to the link to the discord, the link to the steam page where you can wishlist and download the demo and, you know, add this to your wishlist will be in the description of this episode as well as their twitter page so you can go give them a follow and keep up to date with all the latest things of gods of the twilight so you know after you listen to this episode you don't need to go anywhere you just go down to the the description of this episode go ahead and click you join the discord get the converse. keep the conversation flowing so actually my last okay. question for you is we we talked about where they can find this game we talked about like what we talked about everything, but before we go, I I do want to add another question. Like, I know right now, like this, the demo is available. But how much is the game going to be at, at like after early releases up? we we didn't talk about price.
1: Oh, uh, it's 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 set for nineteen ninety nine on Steam right okay. now. Okay, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Uh, yeah, and that that will get you the whole season, right? Mm-hmm. You know where you're gonna get the first five chapters now, and then you're gonna end up getting twenty chapters for that. So yeah.
0: All right, so everyone, for the sweet price of 19.99, you can have the first season of this game, as well as all you know, like all this major content that they got coming out. And before we go, my I told you I had one last question for you, and it is basically, Ashley, we talked about where they can find you. We talked about like how, where, who this game is for. Can you give one last pitch? Who should play Gods of the Twilight?
1: People who are looking to think more deeply, people okay. who are looking to see past black and white thinking and polarization. And I know that that sounds perhaps a little bit abstract, but you know how you know uh, the world has become more polarized, how social media becomes an echo chamber, how people give into like black and white thinking, us versus them thinking. You know, this is a game that we're looking to break that all down and to make every side of every issue relatable, and uh, you know to explore things in a more you know colorful way
0: all right and that is amazing i can't wait to play more of this everyone go check out gods of the twilight thank ashley so thank you so much for being on the show it's been yeah, a pleasure so talking to you
1: thanks for inviting me
0: no no thank you for being on here i'd love to have you back anytime you're available ashley thank you so much everyone thank you so much for listening and you know go check out go check them out via discord via twitter and the steam uh the steam page all those will be in the description of this episode don't forget to you know like if you have any questions hit me up in the in the single player experience discord server it's also going to be in the description of this episode you already know where to find it if you've been a listener In the meanwhile, thank you so much for everything that you do. Um, Thank you all so much for the continued support. I've been Sebastian. That's been Ashley. This is a game you should check out called Gods of the Twilight. It is coming out really soon right now. It's in early access. You can also check out the demo. So everyone, go check this game out, especially if you have a Steam Deck. It plays on there really well. I can vouch for that. Everyone, I've been Sebastian. That's been Ashley. Until the next time, enjoy that single-player experience. Bye, everyone. So that's a wrap for today's episode. I want to give a special shout out and thank you to Ashley from Volution Design for being on the show today. I also want to let you know about the Single Player Experience Discord server. It's the perfect place for single player gamers to talk about the good single player games they've been playing lately and to get video game recommendations. Think of it kind of like a book club for single player gamers.